In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah, and when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Elimelech died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah, and the other a woman named Ruth. But about ten years later, both Malon and Kilion died. This left Naomi alone with her two sons, without her two sons or her husband. Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland. With her two daughters-in-law, she set out from the place where she had been living, and they took the road that would lead them back to Judah. But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back to your mother's homes, and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down and wept. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, why should you go on with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents' home, for I am too old to marry again. And even if, I, if it were possible and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me than you, because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. And again they wept together, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said, to her. Your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So the two of them continued on their journey. When they came to Bethlehem, the entire town was excited by their arrival. Is it really Naomi? the women asked. Don't call me Naomi, she responded. Instead, call me Mara, for the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such a tragedy upon me? So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by her daughter-in-law, Ruth, the young Moabite woman. They arrived in Bethlehem in late spring, at the beginning of the barley harvest. Now, there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Emelech. One day, Ruth and the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, All right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. As it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Emelech. While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. Then Boaz asked his foreman, who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? And the foreman replied, 
She is a young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes' rest in the shelter. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other field. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. See which part of the field they are harvesting, and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly, and when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked. I am only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know everything about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother in your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. I hope I continue to please you, sir, she replied. You have comforted me by speaking so kindly to me, even though I am not one of your workers. At mealtime, Boaz called to her, Come over here and help yourself to some food. You can dip your bread in the sour wine. So she sat with his harvesters, and Boaz gave her some roasted grain to eat. She ate all that she wanted and still had some left over. When Ruth went back, when Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young men, Let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her and pull out some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose for her. Let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. So Ruth gathered barley there all day, and when she beat out the grain that evening, it filled an entire basket. She carried it back into town and showed it to her mother-in-law. Ruth also gave her the roasted grain that was left over from her meal. Where did you gather all this grain today? Naomi asked. Where did you work? May the Lord bless the one who helped you. So Ruth told her mother-in-law about the man in whose field she had worked. She said, The man I worked with today is named Boaz. May the Lord bless him, Naomi told her daughter-in-law. He is showing his kindness to us as well as to your dead husband. That man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers. Then Ruth said, What's more, Boaz even told me to come back and stay with his harvesters until the entire harvest is completed. Good, Naomi exclaimed. Do as he said, my daughter. Stay with his young women right through the whole harvest. You might be harassed in other fields, but you'll be safe with him. So Ruth worked alongside the women in Boaz's fields and gathered grain with them until the end of the barley harvest. Then she continued working with them through the wheat harvest in early summer. And all the while, she lived with her mother-in-law. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? Now Boaz, whose young women you were with, is he not our relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself and put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies, and you shall go in, uncover his feet, and lie down, and he will tell you what you should do. And she said to her, All that you do, all that you say to me, I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain, and she came softly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. 
Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself, and there a woman was lying at his feet. <clears throat> and he said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Then he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning, in that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request, for all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. Now it is true that I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Stay this night, and in the morning it shall be that if you will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good, let him do it. But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you as the Lord lives. Lie down until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, and she arose before anyone could recognize another, and he said, Do not let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. Also he said, Bring the shawl that is on you and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her. Then she went into the city. When she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Is that you, my daughter? Then she told her all the man had done for her. And she said, These six measures of barley he gave me, for he said to me, Do not go empty-handed to your mother-in-law. Then she said, Sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out, for the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. Boaz went to the town gate and took a seat there. Just then, the family redeemer he had mentioned came by. So Boaz called out to him, Come over here and sit down, friend. I want to talk to you. So they sat down together. Then Boaz called ten leaders from the town and asked them to sit as witnesses. And Boaz said to the family redeemer, You know Naomi, who came back from Moab? She is selling the land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. I thought I should speak to you about it so you can redeem it if you wish. If you want the land, then buy it here in the presence of these witnesses. But if you don't want it, let me know right away, because I, want, I am next in line and to redeem it after you. The man replied, All right, I'll redeem it. Then Boaz told him, Of course your purchase of the land from Naomi also requires that you marry Ruth, the Moabite widow. That way she can have children who will carry on her husband's name and keep the land in the family. Then I can't redeem it, the family redeemer replied, because this might endanger my own estate. You redeem the land. I cannot do it. Now in those days, it was the custom in Israel for anyone transferring a right of purchase to remove his sandal and hand it to the other party. This publicly validated the transaction. So the other family redeemer drew off his sandal as he said to Boaz, You buy the land. Then Boaz said to the elders and to the crowd standing around, You are witnesses that today I have bought from Naomi all property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Milan. In the land I have acquired Ruth, the Moabite widow of Milan, to be my wife. This way she can have a son to carry on the family name of her dead husband, and to inherit the family property here in his hometown. You are all witnesses today. Then the elders and all the people standing in the gate replied, We are witnesses. May the Lord make this woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, 
from whom all the nation of Israel descended. May you prosper in Ephrath and be famous in Bethlehem. And may the Lord give you descendants by this young woman, who will be like those of our ancestor Perez and the son of Tamar and Judah. So Boaz took Ruth into his home, and she became his wife. When he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant, and she gave birth to a son. Then the women of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord, who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May the child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law, who loves you and has been better for you than seven sons. Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast, and she cared for him as if it were her own. The neighbor women said, Now at least Naomi has a son again. And they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. This is the genealogy, uh, genealogical record of their ancestor Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amminadab. Amminadab was the father of Neshon. Neshon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz. Boaz was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of David. What a beautiful, beautiful story. This would be told time and time again throughout history. And there's so many things that we could talk about when we talk about the book of Ruth, but there's two main things that I just want to quickly bring up this morning that I feel like maybe God might be speaking to some of us. And one of them is right there at the end of the book, the story of these ladies that have been through so much, uh, lost husband, lost sons. The one lady even goes to as far as, don't even, don't even call me by my name anymore, but just call me bitter. And so there's bitterness, there's anger, there's frustration, there's the unknown. There's the journeying back and forth from one land to a different land and trying to find exactly where does God have for us? Things just don't seem to work out right. And so they're going through all these emotions. And then there's this moment of redemption where Boaz comes on the scene at the end and uh, says, it was the custom of their day that one would take off their sandal. So if you have your little sandal flip-flop with you this morning, so he would, cousin, he, would, he would stand in front of that crowd and he would take off his sandal. And it was, it, it was their contract of law of saying, listen, this is the way it's going to be. And, and it's a type and it's a shadow of, of what Christ did for us on the cross. See, we found ourselves in need. We found ourselves in need of a redeemer. And what Christ did publicly on the cross was basically saying, here it goes. I'm paying the price for them. They are mine. And the message this morning is very simple. That no matter what stage of life you find yourself, if you're broke and hurting and you feel like you've experienced all types of loss and you've done all types of wrong and and all of these things, Jesus is putting up the sandal and saying, they're mine. I want them. You're redeemed. I know you may feel like you're bitter, but I'm going to turn it into joy. 
We serve a God who works all things for the good. And he says, you're mine. And then there's this moment at the very end of the book that, that if we're not careful, we could kind of just brush by it very easily. But it's, it's just giving this genealogy. And, it, and Boaz is in there, and it talks about Boaz, the father of Obed, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David. See, what it's saying is, listen, in this lineage, in this story, I want you to know that you are part of something bigger. Ruth, you're a part of something bigger. Naomi, you're a part of something bigger. Because not too long from now, not too many generations from now, is going to come from you a king. King David. A king like no one has ever seen before. And you might not be able to see it. See, I know right now all it feels like is bitterness and pain and loss, but you don't realize that you're the great-grandma and the great-great-grandma in the lineage of what's going to come a king. And the part that you're playing now is going to affect everything. And it's not just going to affect everything, but later on, if we were to turn, please don't just, just hear it though, but if we were to turn to Matthew 5, we get the same lineage again. Boaz, the father of Obed. But it gives us this little, this little bit of information. Whose, whose mother was Rahab? And Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Now this is huge, because in tracing the genealogy, it would, it would always be about the men. This is how you do it. You do it through the man's line. Uh, he was the father of this, and the son of this, and the father of this. But these women played such an important part that here in the scriptures, here in the word of God, they would say, make sure that we put them, and they know that they are a part of something bigger, whose mother was Rahab. Now Rahab was a prostitute. That marries Boaz, whose son Boaz goes on to marry this girl, Ruth, who is an outsider, a foreigner. And she finds herself in the scriptures, in the word of God, here, one who's married a prostitute, whose son has now gone in and married a foreigner, has now had this child, Obed, who was who? The father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. And then it goes further and it lists this son and this son and this son until we find ourselves who was Mary who gave birth to Jesus. Here we find Ruth, the story of this woman who's gone through all these things in the lineage of our Savior. You are important. It may look like everything has fallen apart around you. Maybe you've lost a husband and, and, and you've lost everything and you find yourself as, as a stranger in a strange land and man I'll just go and I'll follow these people in this field and, and I'll just pick up what they've left behind I'm just going to try and do these things and, and my mother-in-law that's not even really my mother-in-law because she's lost her son and all of this if anything could get any worse we tried to make it over here we failed miserably but now Boaz comes and says She's worth it. And Jesus comes on the scene and says, you're worth it. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've gone through. And you need to know, wife, mother, son, husband, that you are a part of a bigger picture. That you are a part of something bigger than yourself. 
See, right now, all you might see is this little bit of part of the story, but the story goes beyond you. The story goes beyond you, and Boaz, the father of Obed, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. Who knows what your kids will do? Who knows what influence you'll have? Who knows what, even, even those that play the role of a spiritual mom, a spiritual father in this room right now, the role that they will have on them for years and years and generations to come. You're a part of something bigger. You're a part of something bigger. Let's pray. Lord, this morning, as we find ourselves listening to a beautiful story of some extraordinary women. Lord, I thank you that their story is our story. That we find ourselves in need of redemption. We find ourselves in need of you, God. And this morning, we pause We remember the cross. Remember that you have paid the price. That you stepped out of heaven and into humanity. Lord, help us to never put on a pair of flip-flops the same again. Lord, that every time we would step into our sandals, every time that we would step into our shoes, that it will remind us that we have been redeemed. And we are a part of something much, much bigger than ourselves. So in this moment, God, as the rains fall, as the waters rise, As the winds blow, we find ourselves standing on you and you alone, that you would be our rock. In the powerful, powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Again, happy Mother. This has been a presentation of Coastal Vineyard Church, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information on who we are and how you can support future podcasts, visit us on the web at www.coastalvineyard.org. All who are weak, all who are weak. to the rock come to the fountain all who will sail on rivers of heartbreak come to the sea come on